and welcome back to a special edition episode of Chill with Phil. Happy Thanksgiving, all you Chill with Fillers. With loved ones or as close as you can be in, this, in these trying times. Very special guest today that I'm excited to get to. But of course, before that, as always, joined by my my dude, Mikey. How are you? Doing well, man. Protest, yeah. Ah, there it is. Uh, I do want to say that I feel like this is the episode where we finally jump the shark. So I say this is our last one. <laughs> I think this is uh, you know what? I wouldn't put it past us. I got some weird questions in here. I wrote them five minutes ago. Uh, anyway, on to Mikey's favorite section of any podcast, Phil's thoughts. So I binged the HBO miniseries John Adams this week. It's from 2008. Paul Giamatti plays John Adams. It's terrific. But the main point I want to just quickly get my thoughts on are, is the portrayal of Alexander Hamilton who comes across and is meant to as just an absolute villain in this show, which I find curious. I like, you know, your cultural portrayal because then obviously there was the smash Broadway sensation Hamilton, which I'll be honest, I watched half of on Disney plus and then slept through the rest, but that paints him as a pretty cool dude. And this show from six years before that play, like really paints him as like a manipulative, like war hungry guy. And Oh, I think it's very curious how you're, how you're portrayed even 250 years after you're gone. And that's Phil's thoughts on to my favorite section, Mikey's thoughts on Phil's thoughts. Pretty good, like six. Oh, well, thanks, man. Uh, anyway, check out the show, John Adams. It's on HBO Max. Um, so yeah, I'm going to let Mikey introduce our guest this week if he wants to, because I'm a little biased. Mikey, do you want to? I think I'm more biased. Um... <laughs> On the show, this for a special Thanksgiving app mm-hmm. is not only been frontman, mm-hmm. father, mm-hmm. Sony Music exec, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Columbia Business School grad. Anyone can do that, yeah. Who cares? What's your problem? I'm just and saying. Way cooler older brother than of Phil. Yeah. John. John, how you doing? I'm good, Mikey. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, fellas. Phil, I do have issues with, with your thoughts. Mikey was way too generous with his six. I, I, yeah, I just didn't want can to. I, can I jump right down your throat with John's reactions to Phil's thoughts? Totally. Yeah, you're the second. Welcome yeah. that every week. You didn't even watch the whole Hamilton. So how could you say that you disagree with the portrayal of John Adams? You didn't watch the show. Am I wrong that Hamilton is not the villain in his show? He's not cool at all. He's definitely war hungry. Oh. He's like a nerdy guy who just wants more and more power. That's what the show is about. Also, he's, actually, I don't... he's not as villainous as Aaron Burr necessarily in, in the show, but he doesn't come across as a cool guy. And he's an aggressive, get a, cut your throat to get ahead kind of a guy. He's also only in two episodes of John Adams. I looked up the IMDb. That doesn't seem like the villain. He's like very much in those episodes. I'm surprised it's only two. Don't do that behind my back. That's cool. <laughs> and you know what, John? As I'm calling out Bush League, what you just did, Bush League too. I like right. You had me sit yeah. through your thoughts and then I can't comment on them. And you don't even shout out Sound Guy Dan. He gets a shout out in the episode. Come on. Sound Guy Dan. He was in the Jordan episode too. Thank you. 
Getting absolutely obliterated. The crazy thing is he's going to cut this out. You guys can cut all this. It's fine. Exactly. No, he's going to cut this out because he doesn't want the world to see. Oh, shoot. Uh, John, we had to unintroduce you. Luch, uh, Mikey, I forgot Phil's complaints. They're quick because that comes to the cutting out. Uh, I mute for me. Yeah, Spotify. I love you. One. Rogan? One of my other brothers, who I won't name because he values his privacy maybe a bit too much, gets to do podcasts at 1.8 speed now. I assume they're testing it. What the hell? Yeah, right? Like, give it to me. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Two, the product they bought and currently have that I use to post this podcast, uh, Anchor, has been glitching for the past five weeks. If I make a cut in the podcast, which Mikey knows I like to do whenever he makes jokes, they just jumble the whole episode. That's why I just had to cut a bunch from Jordan's episode. Those are Phil's complaints. Back to John. John, thoughts on Phil's complaints? Yeah, those are fine. All right, Mikey. Yeah, like whatever, dude. One thing I've fine. learned, Phil, is you got to pick your battles. This is I'm fine with those thoughts. Yeah. Like Mikey was pretty outraged by the 1.8 thing. That I'm right. tired after. I am. By the way, I am. That's crazy that I don't have that option. But I'm fine with listening on two. I don't need 1.8. I do 1.8 on Audible, but Spotify, I'm fine with two. Two gets a bit fast. John, what's your podcast dial like? I don't listen to any podcast. This is, might be the only podcast I've any? ever listened to. Wow. And do you listen to it on one time speed? Because that's brutal. I do, just because. <laughs> you, didn't know that, you didn't know that was a thing that you I probably didn't know it was a thing. <laughs> I did know it was a thing, but I don't think to do it really. That's not true. I listened to the Ezra Klein podcast about Joe Biden that one of our brothers, possibly the secretive one, I'm not sure, so I won't say his name. I second. Um, uh, he James. recommended. Can I get what? that out of the way? You hate James? I hate James. <laughs> not, not, not talking about James. Oh, we're not? But while we're on the subject of siblings, if this appearance could be so good, Pop, that you don't even think to ask the other brothers to join you as a guest, that would really make it a success for me. That's the goal. And you thought attacking Phil's thoughts was the right way to get there? (laughs) You are no Hamilton, sir. I do not aspire to be dead by 30-something, no. Yeah. Uh, Last thing before we jump in, and we're running low on time already, but Aaron Burr is simply not in the show, uh, John Adams, which I thought was strange, but whatever. Okay. I'm going to gather my composure after that attack. Uh, John? Yes. The show, as you know, we launch into the interview with the same question for all our guests. Uh, and your life up to this point, what would you consider your proudest moment? Does this have to be a single moment or can it be like a general experience? It can be an it can't experience. Be, it can't be both. It can't be all three of the, of the births. It needs to be just one. It'll be none of those things. Um, <laughs> Proudest moment, I would say, having the band and keeping it together for as long as we did. Fair enough. Yeah, that's interesting. Two experiences in a row tonight after, I'm not sure we really any before. Yeah, I mean, a moment, that, that puts a lot of pressure on the moment, but I think the thing I'm most proud of is that. Okay. The one father we've had on before you, well, two, one said getting married. I know, he changed his answer. I'm not sure what dad said. The bar mitzvahs? Yeah. It, it was. was a rambling answer. But it even was at, bar mitzvahs. Kind even, of at, bar mitzvahs. even at one speed, I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scorched earth. I like it. Mike. <laughs> All right, John. Hey. Uh, tell us about a time you failed. What did you learn? Those are two, those are two questions. It's, it's, a, it's a continuation. 
It's not, I wouldn't call it two different questions. I'd call okay. it a question and a qualifier. Um, I'm looking at games yeah. now. This is unacceptable. Ah, let's see, brother. Um, that's a good question. The time I failed. Um, I don't know. Can I come? Uh, you can cut this gap, right? This is terrible. This is dead. That's dead, dead air. I can't cut it because they're going to cut like the rest of the episode. Oh, okay, fine. Um, I guess time I failed is, uh, I don't know, there was a job I wanted coming out of business school at Spotify that didn't end up working out. Um, and then I ended up uh, getting a job at Sony, which actually worked out fine. And, but it taught me how to kind of be very patient. Um, you know, Pop's in a similar spot to, 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 where I, to where I was four years ago. I finished business school. It took me a few months to find a job, which I found in October. Um, so I had a few months of not being in school, not making any money, yet having a child and another on the way. So I learned definitely how to de-stress and to be okay with uncertainty, which uh, has come in handy in the past few years. Definitely in the past eight months. Yeah, no doubt. Took, took the scenic route, but I think a good answer. Um, <laughs> all right, we're gonna get a little more specific to you. Um, how, how did you approach writing most of your songs? Like which part of them came first? Was it really mostly just you, more collaborative with the band? Um, yeah, it, well, it was definitely more collaborative uh, as the band went on. At the beginning, I contributed almost all the songs. Papa Spina saying his favorite song on the Shakes first album was the only song not written by me. Side. The Devils. Right. Um, but no, usually for me, it's, it's a melody or a riff or a chord pattern. It's almost never a lyric. Um, I was brought up like Poppy with the Oasis school of thought that lyrics are pretty much can be nonsensical as long as they sound okay, mm. as long as they fit in the song. Um, so yeah, for me, it was, it was always either a riff or a certain melody popped in my head, like for, um, um, for Manic Boogie, for example, it was a, it was a riff. Um, eight o'clock, it was a melody. So yeah, it kind of depends. Um, usually from one of those two things, then the song comes from there. Cool. Answer. And I, I can't cut this, but John, are you like rubbing something? Oh, I'm uh, no, my chair. Oh, okay. What? We're picking that up a lot. So. I'll stop. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, Mikey, you got clean air. <laughs> uh, John, uh, what has surprised you most about being a parent? Uh, just how many things there are always to be thinking about. Wait, Pop, what's, what's with your face? Luch skipped his question. I did? Oh, Jesus. It's okay. What surprised you most? I did. Uh, just how many things there are to kind of be considering at almost at all times. Um, like I find that every day we get to the end of the day and my wife, your sister-in-law, uh, and I have like several things to discuss about all three of our kids, different things, signing up for school, uh, an issue in the classroom, uh, getting the medicine. It's like, there's always things to do. And Pop, as you can definitely attest, we did not really experience that kind of, um, Thing at home, you know, seeing mom and dad talk about a lot of stuff. And not that our kids see it now because our kids are usually asleep, but there's just always things to be, just a lot of brain space, I guess is the word that we use. So it takes a lot of brain space. Um, not that I ever thought it would be easy to raise children, but the, just like the, like the quantity of small things to keep in mind and to be considering um, is kind of a lot. Gotcha. The previous guest we asked that question, uh, his response was how much he liked it, which 
while way less illuminating was way funnier. Uh, yeah, I would never say that. It was it, it was great. Um, okay, we'll just skip the bogus post-COVID world question. I feel like that's kind of played out by now. Um, yeah, COVID is played out. Totally. We should all be traveling for Thanksgiving to our families. Yeah, totally. I agree. John, this is a family-friendly podcast. <laughs> Take that shit and you know. Oh, oh. I'll be I'll be red questions now, Mikey. Thanks. Um, cool. What was the coolest moment of your time with the Shake? Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is playing Barry Ballroom, which was the at that time and going forward was the biggest room we ever played, even if it was nowhere near full. Um, that was, was a pretty headliner. Cool. Uh, we opened for a guy, a teenager whose name oh, escapes me. Song, the phrase. Yes. Uh, he played before you. Did he? Yeah. I think he right. did. He, he did, which you. was, it was a strange arrangement where you had to sell tickets in advance and pay the promoter. It was definitely, we definitely um, got ripped off in some way, shape or form, but it was to, to, to play a bigger venue than we could have played. Um, so that was cool. Um, what was the question again? I forgot. The coolest thing about the band? Coolest moment. I think that's um, I think having the God No Soul video was also a pretty cool thing. Um, uh, which version? The one with me or the other one? No, not the fan react, not, not, not the fan <laughs> video with you and the sad penguin. Uh, the one with the hot girl in it. Um, uh, I don't know if you saw our video, but there was a girl. Two. One of them, one of them and boy is one of them a sister-in-law. One of them is Mikey's sister-in-law. So it feels like you just dissed a little. So, whoa. Also, Sound Guy Dan directed the other one. I was also in the other one for a brief second. Yeah, making friends. I prefer Luch's uh, Eden Shore video. Ah, that's a strong one. God. Uh, all right, Mikey, your blue questions now, just because you switched. So. All right. Uh, do you think COVID will have a lasting impact on children? Depends what age. Do you, so I was going to put that as well. Do you think any age? Like, yes? Yes. Um, I hope my kids are too young. But I think if you have a kid in high school, I think even like my, my, mine and Phil's youngest brother, Isaac, going through freshman year of college like this, yeah. Um, I don't know what it'll be. It'll mm -hmm. be it, it could be in terms of getting a job. It could be, it could be socially. It depends how long it goes on for, of course. Um, but I think the biggest thing would be socially. And I just hope my kids are too young that when it gets, when this is all over there, they have enough years of their life, they can kind of make, make back whatever they might've lost. Yeah. I would think a little older might be the most in trouble. Cause I think you're right. Socially is like, would be the issue things. Job right. Like I think educationally kids can come back from it. Yeah. Um, professionally. I mean, hopefully there's just time, you know? Yeah. But professionally it might be the toughest one. I mean, I graduated similar where, where, where pop is now finishing B school. Like I graduated in 2009. I did not get the job. I did not get any of the first jobs that I wanted. That's probably the biggest failure, actually, although it was a failure of the system, not so much personally. But um, I didn't get the job I wanted or anything close to it, and it set me on the path where I'm at now at Sony. I would not be here if it wasn't for graduating into a, into a recession where nobody was hiring. Um, so what job did you want? I think I wanted to do consulting, actually, because of, you know what I was told is you do consulting for two years, and then you can do anything you want. Mm -hmm. That was kind of how it was sold, and it sounded like it would be a, a pain of two of two years but then you get to be like 25 and work you know kind of pick your lane right uh, but that did not work out fair enough um well uh mike i feel like i gotta let you do this question you do the intro very well i don't compliment you a lot you got this one 
So you went to Columbia Business School, as we've established. Well, uh, most of our listeners are young executives. Mm -hmm. So what's some business advice you'd give to a young executive? Uh, value your own opinion. Ooh. I think a lot of time, and I, I just, uh, it, uh, if I may say earlier today, or maybe it was yesterday, I was on a, a panel for a bunch of uh, new interns at Sony. Um, and I gave kind of similar advice that um, a lot of times you might start a new job or come into like a lot of new responsibility, whatever that might mean. And it can be a lot, it can be overwhelming. And you just think, let me just soak it in. Let me just kind of absorb everything and just listen, and which you definitely should do. But at the same time, this certainly applies in music and I'm sure it applies in many other fields that have changed a lot um, in the past five, 10 years. Um, you know, if you're a younger person, younger than other folks on your team, you have a very valuable opinion. You know, you know a lot about whether it's social media, um, youth culture, right? I mean, what brand today is not going after youth culture, right? And if you're more in touch with that than, you know, the older folks on your team, uh, that has a lot of value. Um, so I think, you know, giving your opinion where it might differ from the status quo can be difficult, but it can show that you have a lot of value to offer. To answer your question, though, Sherwin Williams isn't going after the youth. The youth. Uh... I had a couple of examples too, but I'll spare you. I mean, sure, but I'm I'm thinking of the, the the young executive going into media or tech, let's say, which is a more common route than paint. All right, with a handy ten minute warning. Um, okay, uh, truly not a fan favorite question, but sound guy Dan wrote it, and we respect him. Uh, if you could put a quote on a billboard for the whole world to see, what would it be? Um, if you'd asked me this question 10 years ago, I would have said, check out the Shakes MySpace page. <laughs> but now I'd probably say, um, what do you got to lose? I think a lot of people, people walking around, people are always considering what could I do better, differently in life? How could I improve? And in many, many things, what's the worst case that could happen if you do try that new thing? Um, it's probably not that terrible of a worst case. So what do you, what do you got to lose? All right, different perspective. Right. Um, John, what's your all-time favorite book? Um, Remains of the Day. That is, I mean, Pop. Uh, it, uh, Pop, earlier, <laughs> earlier, you you said you said that Jordan had one of the worst answers in Chillville history. That is so bad, Mikey. You got How it. was that so bad? I didn't know about this. I think Mike and I tried reading that this summer. We rented a house in uh, Long Beach and like watched a lot of U.S. Open and started the perfect push-up. And we made it collectively, maybe through six pages. That book sucks. <laughs> All right, I liked it. Wow. Wow. wow, Robbins, I thought that website was from the internet. Sound guy Dan just shared the Shakes MySpace and... Holy cow, this is really something, man. This takes, takes me back. I do want to read the bio, but I won't. Who is Stuart Mason? Oh, you guys didn't update this when you were, when you, when you were even doing it because of the first name listed. <laughs> yeah. wow. No, we definitely did, didn't. Um, soul is on here. Pop, you say we have eight minutes, you're wasting time. I mean, we're pretty casual here, except for 
you know. Except for when Zoom cuts us off at the exact 40 minute mark. Yeah, that's not so casual. Nothing, nothing casual about that. They said they were extending it for Thanksgiving and this is a Thanksgiving episode. So I feel like we can work something out, but. God's on our side here. That's true. The 40 minute limit is a godsend. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm actually very curious about this one. How do you describe to people what it was like, what it is like, what it was like growing up as the oldest of five brothers? Because I'm sure when you tell people that, they're like, whoa, what was that like? I, I get that a lot. It's like, whoa, what was it like being in the middle of five boys? The first thing I say is that we were not violent. It wasn't like we were always at each other's throats and fighting. People assumed five boys, it must have been like chaos. So I yeah. first uh, disabuse people of that notion because that's not what it was like. Um, I say it was, it was pretty cool to be able to, not that I, you know, I'm going to get a bit haughty here, but not that I set the tone for the family, but to a lot of things that I took interest in because dad kind of forced me to take interest in them were things that, you know, you and the other boys also took interest in. So it was great to always have people to do things with, go to a ball game, go to a concert, listen to music. Um, and there was always something going on, which was great, right? There was never a dull moment, never a quiet moment in the house, which sometimes might've been frustrating, but you always knew there were people to watch a show with or to watch a game with. Um, so I tell people it was lively, it was exciting. Um, and as long as you like the same movies, TV shows as everyone else in the family, you were fine. Yes, maybe that's where uh, our youngest brother who maybe values his privacy got the idea that we watched, we had shows that were like for our family or yes. not. Right. To be fair, the fact that we all like Greg, Greg the Bunny yeah. uh, might have been the indication because I think we were in the, we were half the audience of that show was at 146 Maple Street. No, there was in Westchester. Just to give most of you that, the show that that came up around was Running Wild. What's Igget? Igget's boy. Igget's boy. And yeah, I told them that I was watching Running Wild and the youngest brother responded, we watched that show? Nice. Right, as if he had not gotten like a memo. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> right. I didn't see that sticky note on the fridge. How come no one told me? Uh, all right. on, the, on the family curriculum. Yeah, go ahead, Pop. I think he's got the last question for the speed round for you, and it's a good one. Uh, was writing the theme song for a Luch video the low point or the high point of your music career? Definitely neither. Because Ooh, somewhere in the middle? Somewhere in the middle. I mean, it was simple. I had only a single word. Um, but that was fun, and I'm, I'm glad you asked me to write that charge song. Um, I remember it because it was really easy, <laughs> and yeah. there's not much to remember anyway. But um, that was fun. How many? How much use did that get? Did you have multiple episodes of that, or was that a single video? No, that was the scariest day of my life by far. Right, you would like take charges in front of random people in Times Strangers. Square. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we we got two people to just do it because I I really started freaking out like at a point. It was like, please let me just fall down when you walk into it. And and by the way, way, there were two people who couldn't have been cooler with it. Like they were so like, oh yeah, dude, for sure. What uh, what would that be under on YouTube? Luch, you got 10,000 views on that. First of all, Sound Guy Dan's way ahead of you, Pop. Ah, Sound Guy Dan, don't show up your whole... Yeah, I don't know. It It was a scary day, but... I, I think I did mo- I took most of the actual charges, but there were two fake ones in there. Gotcha. Yeah. We'll post gotcha. that in the show notes. Uh, I think it's all right. years old. Jeez. And we got uh, four minutes left for a pretty, pretty fun speed round. Uh, you know, first, first thing that pops into your head. Okay. Not, 
It's also about the time you fail. Um, so question one, favorite Chris Farley SNL sketch? Uh, uh, what's it called? Um, I'm 35, I'm divorced. I live in a van down by the river. Matt Foley? Oh, Matt, Matt Foley, yeah. I mean, I, with the exception of forgetting his name, I think I know that thing pretty much word, word <laughs> for word. Uh, also the Spanish version. That's true. Uh, what's a band you think is overrated or you don't like as much as people think you would? Foo Fighters, which I know is a Sal Merkin answer, but Foo Fighters. Wow. I was going to say, not remembering the name of your favorite sketch was very much something Dad would do. Okay. Yes. Uh, all right. How many hours a night do you sleep on average? Not enough. Uh, six to seven. Yeah. That's pretty high on our scale. Well, I didn't say it was straight hours. It's probably cobbled together. You got to get to that rim. All right. Last question. Uh, Phil's Idol used to host a show. Phil's Idol, Bill Cosby, used to host a show called uh, Kids Say the Darndest Things. Uh, so what's so what's the funniest thing one of your kids has has done or said recently um just tonight my son was uh he's a he's, he's become a huge shake fan so now he he made a list of his top 10 favorite shake songs and he compared that with the top 10 most popular shake songs on spotify and he pointed out where he differs from the spotify list but the funny thing he's done he's written recently is he's trying to now write all the lyrics for our songs he sort of would stop fighting because I told him that was the earliest recording of a Shake song that was on Kick It. So he started writing the lyrics and he didn't get a lot of them right. Um, <laughs> he got a lot of them wrong. But he was like, he told me that it's a cover version. So he's writing a cover version of the lyrics, which he's not quite so sharp on the concept of cover <laughs> versions. But that, I got a big kick out of that. That's good. What's an example of a lyric he got wrong? I'm going to ask. Um, Why? Like he just couldn't hear it clearly? No, sorry, not stop fighting. He started with that, and then he crossed it out. He did Manic Boogie, actually. He, he started with, he, he, uh, he uh, pivoted to Manic Boogie. Play the heads. And, um, and uh, a lyric he got wrong, uh, many of them. Um, the first one, people. Uh, oh, that's a tough song to write the lyrics for. Yeah. Um, I say, you think you could tell me to cut my hair and dress in black and white? He said, you think you could tell me to cut my hair and, um, and it, all looks black and white like he didn't make any like embarrassing flubs just it's hard it's a lot of words so i was proud that he took a stab at it all right john putting his oldest son aiden on blast oh well, that being said your 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 my generation differs from the original song as well so maybe you don't quite grasp the concept of a cover song that's true and he pointed it out to me he asked <laughs> how could i do that how could i like change it and still say it's the same song so we had a discussion about that <laughs> See, I mean, it's, you know, the transmuting of media. It's how you're portrayed in different media, be it John Adams or the Hamilton play. It all, it comes together on children. Luch, what's Pop doing right now? What is <laughs> no, something brutal. It's called closing it up. We got about 30 seconds left. And I want to go to sound guy Dan to give us a parting Thanksgiving message. I don't think we have 30 seconds. I think we have way less than that. So first, thank you, John, for being on the show. Thank you for having me, fellas. Thank and you. now, Dan, parting message. We could do part two later. Down. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, please uh, reach out to three people you're grateful for and let them know. We'll uh, make their holidays. Oh, God. Wow. I'm going to reach and, out to uh... you. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Thanks, John. Thank you. This is